you are listening to Hypertension Resistant to Treatment, where you will get knowledge, training, resources, and support for better blood pressure control. If you are suffering with high blood pressure or blood pressure that is difficult to treat, this podcast is indeed for you. Here is your host, Dr. Tanya. I am Dr. Tanya, and I am here to teach you everything you ought to know about hypertension management. I am a clinical scientist, and I've done research over 10 years, and I've found some interesting things about hypertension and blood pressure control and medication-taking behavior. I would like to share with you all of the information I've found, as well as all the information that's out there that, that will help you get control of your blood pressure. Stick with me and we'll take this journey to help you improve your blood pressure. Thanks for listening. Hello, hypertension resistors. Now, I know many of you have many, many questions about what's going on with the COVID pandemic now that we're in mid-January. I mean, wow, January 2022, here we are. So I will try to answer some of the questions here that I've been hearing about this pandemic and where we are. And hopefully I can clear up some of the confusion that you might have And of course, I have clips from experts in this field, experts on COVID, people who know what they're talking about. So let's get to it. Now, I don't have to tell you that a lot of people are coming down with this Omicron virus. You already know that the Omicron variant is the newest variant of the COVID-19 virus. And you already know that it's affecting a lot of people and a lot of people are not getting severely ill, which is the good news. But today I want to bring in Dr. Campbell. It's Dr. John Campbell. He's a health educator in the UK, and he is going to tell us all about why are so many people getting sick from the Omicron based on this new preprint paper that's out. I'll have the link in the show notes. And here he is to tell us why are so many people getting sick from the Omicron virus. Now, I want to look at some scientific research today from South Africa that's been pretty well ignored by the mainstream media, it seems. What this research is showing is that people that have been infected by Omicron are developing immunity which gives them a large scale protection or a lot of protection against a Delta variant. Now, what this means is that as we speak now, millions of us, unfortunately, are becoming or fortunately, depending on how you look at it, are becoming infected with Omicron. And that means that as we become infected with Omicron, this is going to give us infection against Delta. And this means that Delta is going to have nowhere to go because everywhere it goes, people will be resistant to Delta. Therefore, Delta should die out. In other words, Omicron should completely, over not too much time, displace Delta. And this Delta variant that's made so many people so sick and has taken so many lives should be history, completely replaced by the Omicron variant. That is the content. Um, But here's, here's the science. Now, this is the paper it's from. Now, this is from South Africa. It is a, it is a preprint. 
Um, but it's all there, and uh, I've read it all, and it looks pretty good to me. I'm not that familiar with the detailed experimental techniques in it, but I'm sure they are correct, and everything else looks absolutely spot on. So this is um, it's there. Check it out for yourself. Um, Africa Health Research Institute School of Laboratory Medical and uh, Medical Sciences and virtually other every, every other reputable sort of sounding <laughs> institution in South Africa has been involved in this. So many institutions. Um, so it's got it's got a great deal of credibility behind it. Is what I'm saying. Omicron has been shown to be highly transmissible. Yes, fact. That's for sure. Omicron has extensive evasion of neutralising antibody immunity, say antibody immunity generated by Delta. That is true. Antibody immunity. And of course, it's the antibody immunity. If you've got pure, poor antibody immunity, then you can get symptomatic disease. Now, this is not talking about T-cell immunity. as We believe that is preserved. This is antibody immunity, which is going to protect against symptomatic disease. So this is what this is talking about. So Omicron has extensive evasion of neutralizing antibody immunity elicited by vaccination and previous SARS coronavirus 2 infection. This is why so many people are currently getting symptomatic Omicron infection because we don't have this cross-reactivity of the antibodies from the vaccine and previous exposure to Delta variant as we would have liked. Therefore, we're getting these escape infections. The Omicron infections are surging into areas where there's been a lot of Delta infection just recently. And of course, that brings to mind some pretty important questions, which, of course, the researchers have thought of. Um, do Omicron antibodies neutralise Delta virus variant? Does it work the other way around? You see, we, we know that if you've got Delta antibodies, that's not going to effectively neutralise Omicron. That's why so many, as, uh, so many of us are getting Omicron at the moment, because we are not protected that well by the wild-type antibodies or the original virus-type antibodies induced by the vaccine or the wide-scale immunity generated by the Delta, which is good for Delta, but not good for Omicron. So it doesn't work the other way around, but this is the question. Do Omicron antibodies neutralise Delta virus variant? That is the question. And the answer to this does seem to be yes. Or just to rephrase that question, does neutralising immunity elicited by Omicron also enhance neutralising immunity against the Delta? Okay, so let's hear what he has to say about the paper. He's going to describe it, tell you what's in the paper, tell you who the participants are, and give us some more information about that. Here he is. The volunteers, some have been previously vaccinated. If they're infected in the Omicron wave, then these people would have antibodies to the Omicron. That is the key thing, because we want to know if the Omicron antibodies are going to protect us against Delta infection. Now, they're recruited soon after symptom onset. Now, the thing is, soon after symptom onset, they would not have generated a significant antibody response. But then what they did was they tested them just after onset of symptoms because they recruited them at an early stage. Then they tested them uh, 14 days after the onset of symptoms when the bodies had time to make the antibodies. So they could compare them before they made antibodies and after they made antibodies. Really is quite, quite, uh, quite neat. No, uh, not a large sample size, but um, quite, quite detailed science. Over the 14 days um, from, from day 
some people were day one, two, three, four after infection. So probably about three days after infection on average, where they'd start to develop a few IgMs, uh, immunoglobulin type Ms. But by fourteen days, they'd have a good uh, IgM and uh, IgG, immunoglobulin type G response. In other words, they developed good immunity against the Omicron virus, which they were currently infected with. So that's good because that means people get better from the Omicron. Uh, and and we know that Omicron usually has a shorter course than Delta. So what they concluded from this was uh, showing a, a developed antibody response to Omicron, which which you would expect. So people infected with Omicron, yeah, they, they, they get immunity against Omicron, as you would expect. But they also in, developed enhanced uh, immunity to the Delta virus neutralization four and a half times. So after two weeks of infection with Omicron, they were 14 times more resistant to Omicron, but four and a half times more resistant to Delta, meaning that people would be unlikely to become infected with Delta after they have been infected with Omicron. And that's got remarkably profound implications because it means the Omicron is protecting against the Delta. The increase in Delta variant neutralization in individuals infected with Omicron may result in a decreased ability of Delta to reinfect. Direct quote from the authors. We are preventing Delta reinfection. So if you've, you've had the Delta, you're not protected against the Omicron. But if you've had the Omicron, then you are protected against subsequent Delta infection. That's the key point. And it's remarkably, this is remarkably good news. Also, emerging data indicates that Omicron is less pathogenic than Delta. So which would you prefer to have? Would I prefer to be infected with Omicron or Delta? Let me think. Of course, the Omicron. I prefer to be infected with the Omicron rather than the Delta. Therefore, cross-immunity from Omicron to Delta may have positive implications in terms of decreasing the COVID burden of severe disease. Cross-immunity. So the Omicron is giving us cross-immunity to help us protect against the Delta Therefore, we're probably going to get rid of Delta and it's probably going to be completely taken over by Omicron because the Delta will have nowhere to go because anyone it happens to float into, anyone who is exposed to Delta, pretty soon, pretty soon will have been exposed to Omicron, have immunity to Omicron, therefore have cross immunity that will also protect them against Delta. It really couldn't be any better than this. But immunity to Delta, in other words, Delta antibodies do not cross-neutralize beta virus. Thankfully, there is no beta virus anymore, so that's kind of a bit of irrelevant. But immunity elicited by beta infection, um, which of course did come before, the beta infection did come before the Delta, does not cross-neutralize Delta well. And this is why so many, this all makes sense now, it's why so many people in South Africa, so many poor people had the beta and then they were reinfected with the Delta, so they had it twice. Because the beta antibodies are not protecting against the Delta variant, as the Omicron antibodies are protecting against the Delta. So we're in a much better place. Participants in this study, so they are putting a few provisors on this. Many have probably been previously infected several times, so that, that could skew the results a bit because the good scientists, they admit these limitations. More than half were vaccinated, which again could skew the results a little bit. And therefore, they do say activation of antibody immunity from previous infections and or other vaccination is possible. That's possible. But that doesn't alter their experimental findings that Omicron antibodies are protecting against Delta variant virus.
Uh, these results are consistent with the Omicron displacing the Delta variant, which I've suspected for some time, but this is the science that demonstrates that. As cross-immunity makes reinfection with Delta less likely. Reinfection with Delta less likely, therefore the amounts of Delta prevalence will go down and down until it basically doesn't exist, I would hope. So previous Delta exposure will not protect against symptomatic Omicron infection, which is why there's so much symptomatic Omicron infection now. So the, pre the previous Delta exposure will not protect from symptomatic Omicron infection, but Delta infection and vaccine exposure does generate a T-cell response, which of course this study is not about, and that is giving cross-protection. In other words, people that have had Delta variant or people that have been vaccinated can well get symptomatic in, symptomatic infection of Omicron because they are not being protected against the symptoms because of the antibodies generated to the Delta don't work well against the Omicron variant. But the T-cell response does. So people that have had the vaccine or people that have had the Delta have generated a T-cell response against that, and that should protect us against severe Omicron disease. But people who have the Omicron antibodies should be protected against symptomatic or indeed any type of infection with Delta. And the, the final thing they say, uh, if indeed Omicron is less pathogenic than Delta, the incidence of COVID-19 severe disease will be reduced because we're going to get rid of Delta. So we're going to get less and less people sick. Infection may shift to become less disruptive to individuals and society. Okay, so can we just watch and wait? If we haven't been vaccinated, or even if we've been vaccinated, can we just watch and wait before we get a booster? Since this Omicron or this Omicron is is not such a bad case of COVID nineteen. Let's hear what Doctor Gupta has to say about this. Do some infection of those lower airway cells is just not as efficient. It's not as high, and therefore. Uh, if you're unvaccinated, you still have a significant chance of developing severe disease and dying. Uh, so, so you must uh, uh, be vaccinated for this uh, to lead to a milder disease. We still are seeing very severe infections in people who are unvaccinated and who are getting infected with Omicron. So this is not a reason to uh, limit vaccination or to be or to not uh, get a vaccine. It is actually a reason to be vaccinated because if you are vaccinated, then you are very well protected even against this this new variant. Okay, so the next question that I'm hearing is, why are so many people going to the hospital if Omicron is such a mild disease? Here is Dr. Gupta. I think we were seeing that uh, the oxygen requirements uh, for patients was markedly lower in South Africa than for the Delta wave. Now, the issue there in interpretation was, of course, that Delta had already swept through South Africa. There was a degree of immunity to coronavirus in the population, and we were not sure whether um, uh, the observation of reduced severity was due to this uh, some underlying immunity. Now, in the UK, we've been able to compare Delta uh, versus Omicron more directly. And, and there does appear to be a solid difference in oxygen requirements. But of course, we're still seeing lots of people getting sick enough to be in hospital because what this virus is doing is tipping people over the edge, the elderly, the infirm, those with other conditions. This virus is tipping them into hospitalization nonetheless. It's just that uh, the next variant may not be doing this. It may be reverting back to the original. Uh, and, and that's what I predict. I don't predict the next variant will be like uh, Omicron. I think it will be more like Delta, and, uh, but with more immune escape. I think this is an evolutionary kind of mistake by the virus. I mean, it's not a mistake for the virus because it transmits super well. 
uh, it's a mistake for uh, us in uh, you know in terms of create generating illness which of course is not the primary goal of the virus so it's made a mistake uh, that's beneficial for the virus and that's why the mistake was propagated and is so successful but it's a mistake in terms of how deadly it is for to, for us but the next variant may have a different evolutionary path and probably will now that that's not exactly what I wanted to hear and I'm sure you didn't want to hear that as well but uh, well, that's just his prediction, and um, that's the first I've heard of anything like that. And well, that's his prediction. Now, the last thing I want to address is the uh, Bloomberg news headline uh, regarding the booster vaccine. Here's Doctor Sunil Dan to explain what's going on there. He's an internal medicine doctor in the United States. Let's hear what he has to say about this Bloomberg headline. EU, that's the European Union, warns repeat boosters could weaken immune system. That is quite a title there that would catch a lot of people's attention. Interestingly, a few hours after I read that headline in Bloomberg, they changed the headline to repeat booster shots spur European warning on immune system risks. And they then published this correction. EU regulators warned that frequent COVID-19 booster shots could adversely affect the immune response and may not be feasible. An earlier story said the shots could affect the immune system. I'm not sure in the foggiest what that correction actually means. Sounds like they're saying the same thing. Headline then changed again to frequent boosters spur warning on immune response. However, this wasn't before lots of other publications also picked up the story. So EU warns repeat boosters could weaken immune system. European Union regulators warned that frequent COVID-19 booster shots could adversely affect the immune system and may not be feasible. Repeat booster doses every four months could eventually weaken the immune system and tire out people, according to the European Medicines Agency. Instead, countries should leave more time between booster programs and tie them to the onset of the cold season in each hemisphere, following the blueprint set out by influenza vaccination strategies. So this isn't some tiny agency or small group of people speaking. This is the European Medicines Agency that is saying this. The advice comes as some countries consider the possibility of offering people second booster shots in a bid to provide further protection against surging Omicron infections. Earlier this month, Israel became the first nation to start administering a second booster or fourth shot to those over 60. The UK has said that boosters are providing good levels of protection and there is no need for a second booster shot at the moment, but we'll review data as it evolves. I remember that story well within the last few weeks. Israel became the first country in the world to start recommending second booster shots to certain groups. So that is four doses of the vaccine effectively within a one-year period. Boosters can be done once or maybe twice, but it's not something that we can think should be repeated constantly, said the EMA head of biological health threats and vaccine strategy. We need to think about how we can transition from the current pandemic setting to a more endemic setting. So that seems like a very common sense statement at the end. The reality of an endemic virus and dealing with that. Well, it's a good thing. We don't have to worry about that in the United States at this time. The CDC is recommending that you get a booster at five months after the second shot. And if you had the J&J, the booster should be after two months. So that doesn't sound like it's an issue for us. But let's see what Dr. Dan has to say about 
this headline. Well, with regards to boosters, my own line of thinking over the last few months was with regards to vulnerable groups, the people that I have seen hospitalized with COVID-19 at the front lines. I didn't think it was a bad idea at all to offer people boosters in certain groups, whether they're elderly or have comorbidities, because I know who is more likely to be severely affected with COVID-19. And I advised even people in my own family, if they had taken the initial COVID vaccines, were completely okay several months ago or a year ago, then it wasn't a bad idea to take a booster dose before the onset of what we know is a difficult winter. The debate, however, with lower risk groups, with healthy younger people, is completely different. And to put it mildly, I have been less than overwhelmed with the evidence and data supporting boosting younger, healthier populations. With regards to what the article talked about, the possibility of weakening the immune system with constant boosters, there is a phenomenon, and I'm going to be totally honest and open here, I'm still researching more about this myself. It is known as T-cell exhaustion. And I have heard authorities in Europe, especially the United Kingdom, talking about this and discussing it. I haven't heard many American authorities in medicine or science discussing this phenomenon. So it does look like the tide is turning here with the thinking behind regular boosters every few months. If the European Medicines Agency is saying this, then I'm sure other authorities around the world are going to pick up on it and probably say something similar very soon. Now, I know I said that was going to be the last question that I would address, but you just have to hear what the World Health Organization Director General has to say about boosters around the world. Here is he, uh, Dr. Tetris, the Director General of the World Health Organization. Today, the WHO Strategic Advisory Group of Experts on Immunization, or SAGE, is issuing a, an interim statement on booster dose. SAGE concluded that the focus of immunization must remain on decreasing deaths and severe diseases and expressed concern that blanket booster programs will exacerbate vaccine inequity. About 20% of all vaccine doses administered every day are currently being given as boosters or additional doses. Blanket booster programs are likely to prolong the pandemic rather than ending it by diverting supply to countries that already have high levels of vaccination coverage, giving the virus more opportunity to spread and mutate. It's important to remember that the vast majority of hospitalizations and deaths are in unvaccinated people, not unboosted people. And we must be very clear that the vaccines we have remain effective against both the Delta and Omicron variant. The global priority must be to support all countries to reach the 40% target as quickly as possible and the 70% target by the middle of this year. No country can boost its way out of the pandemic and boosters cannot be seen as a ticket to go ahead with the planned celebrations without the need for other precautions. You know, we had the first question actually, um, about the virus and what do we know and what the challenges are. I think two years, we know the virus better now. And based on that, we have very effective tools. Um, and going forward, uh, there is hope. And that's why in my statement said, we should end this pandemic by, uh, you know, uh, 2022. Um, the reason for that is because I have and we have, as WHO, confidence that we know the virus now very well and we have all the tools. The issue is implement all the tools we have 
as, uh, you know, comprehensively. Vaccines plus the other uh, public health uh, measures. And when we do that, uh, we should also uh, take care of equity because unless uh, we vaccinate the whole world, unless we apply the comprehensive approach all over the world, I don't think we can end this pandemic. But I think, um, I would repeat again, we know the virus better, we have effective tools, and we need to add to that comprehensive implementation and equity and hope uh, 2022 will uh, end this pandemic. As we look back, 2021 gave us many reasons to hope. Science delivered that hope in the form of vaccines, which have undoubtedly saved many lives this year. On the other hand, there is no doubt that the inequitable sharing of those vaccines has cost many lives. 2021 was a year in which we lost 3.5 million people to COVID-19, more deaths than from HIV, malaria, and tuberculosis combined in 2020. And still, COVID-19 continues to claim around 50,000 lives every week. As Omicron becomes the dominant variant in many countries, all of us need to take extra precautions. Today, WHO is issuing updated guidance for health workers recommending the use of either a respirator or a medical mask in addition to other personal protective equipment when entering a room where there is a patient with suspected or confirmed COVID-19. Respirators, which includes masks known as N95, FFP2, and others should especially be worn in care settings where ventilation is known to be poor. However, we are painfully aware that many health workers around the world are unable to access respirators. We therefore ask manufacturers and countries to scale up the production, procurement and distribution of both respirators and medical masks for use in health and care settings. It's essential that all health workers have all the tools they need to do their jobs. The training, the PPE, the safe work environment, and the vaccines. Okay, so there you have it. Keep doing what you're doing. Uh, wear your N95 mask. We know that the regular cloth masks are not recommended now since Omicron has been aboard. And so <laughs> keep stay safe and stay tuned hypertension resistant to treatment where you'll hear everything you ought to know about hypertension and trending health topics thanks for listening and i'll see you in the next one